Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I want to thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbrusard.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. I'm sure many of you um, are kind of keeping track or maybe we're taken aback by um, just all of what's going on in Israel and the implications of what that might mean to that region, but also just for us in the United States and, and globally. I know very often moments like this and events like this are springboards for people saying things like this. This is why I'm not religious. Because a religion creates division, it creates separation. Maybe you said that sometimes in your own life. I, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I was in Chicago this past week, and my Uber driver bringing me from the seminary to the airport. I was kind of curious, like, what's this place? I'm like, well, it's a seminary. I was bracing myself for what that meant in this conversation was going to lead to. And it's just a place where priests go to be formed, yes. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm, I'm not religious. So today I thought we would have a conversation about what does that mean? And maybe in your own life, maybe you've said that about yourself, or maybe you know some people in your life that say that about themselves. Maybe we can shed light on that. First, I'd like to maybe talk about just the three monotheistic religions, the main religions that maybe we are aware of that we kind of know somewhat what they believe and maybe somewhat what they don't believe. Let's talk about those three, and then we'll talk about being religious or spiritual. First of all, Judaism, right? Judaism was started 4,000 years ago. We know about it in our Old Testament, right? It's, a fa- it's belief and faith in one God, and this God speaks through prophets. It's a religion that also began to worship through the priesthood and offer sacrifices to God. God made a covenant with Abraham in the Jewish religion, Judaism, and it promised a land, the promised land, which is now today present-day Israel. Now, we are skimming very fast over these religions, right? So um, just bear with me. We're just going to kind of skim over them. This by no means is a exhaustive representation of these faiths, right? In 70 AD, after Jesus, their temple was destroyed, the place where they worship in Jerusalem. And so they became, became um, more of a religion, not so much of sacrifice and of the priesthood, but of the book, of the word, And so even today, there's all kinds of sects within the Jewish religion. 
But that's kind of a very broad, they're monotheistic, they believe in one God. God speaks through the prophets. Jesus is not the Messiah in their eyes. He's a good man, he says some good words, but he's not the one chosen by God, the one that they are still waiting for. Two, Islam. Islam was started about 1400 years ago by a man named Muhammad. He was meditating in the Arabian desert and claimed that um, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and gave him messages. And over the years, this angel Gabriel uh, appeared to him and gave him many more messages and he put those messages together in the Quran, what is known as the Quran. They believe in the God of Abraham. They call this God Allah. Um, to be Muslim means, Muslim means the one who surrenders, one who surrenders. It's basically a person who submits to the will of God. Um, the prophet Muhammad, again, is found in the Quran, and the Muslims believe that this is the only holy book free of corruption. So to be a Muslim, they, they follow these five pillars, right, as we're kind of thinking about what's happening and what's going on and how do these religions meld together. Five important pillars. One, they make a public declaration that there is no other God but Allah, and Muhammad is his final prophet. Number two, they pray five times a day facing Mecca. Three, they give alms. Two to three percent of their net worth goes to the poor. Four, they fast during daylight hours of the month of Ramadan to strengthen their willpower and reliance on God. And five, uh, in the lifetime of a Muslim, they make a pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca. So that's a very broad, general. Um, Jesus, he's a prophet, said some good things, but he's certainly not God. In Christianity, we're familiar with Christianity, right? You are a, a Christian right? Um, Jesus founded the church. Christians are followers of Jesus. Um, so Christians, we believe in the God of Abraham, but we also believe that the God of Abraham revealed himself in three persons. That's the nuance of Jesus. Jesus came and said, I am the son of God. And we were intrigued. What does that mean? We only believe in one God. This mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we believe in one God, but three persons. We believe that Jesus is the living Word of God that became man. Christianity is the only monotheistic religion that believes that God became one of us. He shared our humanity. We believe that God in Jesus was crucified for the sins of humanity and rose from the dead. And he offers freedom from sins and salvation, and he offers heaven for all those who believe and ask forgiveness for their sins and are baptized. His main teaching is to love one another as he has loved us. The key and important thing is that um, although we believe in the God of Abraham like the um, Muslims do, like the like Jews do, we also believe that Je we are the only ones that believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. So with that said, let's talk about, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, right? I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Why would someone say that? Why would your cousin say that? 
Why would your coworker say that? Why would your daughter or son say that who just started college? These are probably the things. These are the pros of saying that. This would probably be the argument, right? There's no strings that hold me down. When I'm spiritual and not religious, there's no strings that hold me down. There's no external commitments. Religion kind of requires some external commitments. So there's no strings that hold me down when I'm spiritual. Just some good vibes, right? I'm open-minded. I'm open to all truths. Not one specific truth, but I'm open to all truths. There's a lot of truth out there. I want to be open to all truths. Number three, there's no stigma attached to being spiritual. You know, if I say I'm religious, our culture tends to attach ties to religious people. I mean, you know, if, if you are in a, a mixed company and you say I'm a religious person, there's like a, ooh, like, ooh, like, we can't talk about that, or you must be one of those people, right? Well, if I'm just spiritual, there's nothing attached to that, right? Number four, there's no baggage. If I'm religious, and I say maybe like I'm Catholic, there tends to be a baggage that comes with being Catholic, right? You kind of get grouped up into all of what Catholic means, right? I experienced that. I'm a, I'm a Catholic priest. Well, I get grouped up into everything that comes with being a Catholic priest, the good and the bad. I get looks. I get not so much looks. Number five, I'm always seeking. Those who are spiritual, they claim that I'm always seeking. I'm always seeking. I'm, I'm just very, truth is everywhere. It's wherever I am. There's a joy. There's a, there's a, Something that feeds this seeking of truth. And number six, maybe I embrace all spiritual leaders. So Gandhi, Muhammad, Moses. I want to drink from all the wells. I don't want to limit myself just to one. I want to be able to be open to any religious leader. Don't want to be closed off. You can hear that. This is the attitude. This is the position of a huge and growing vast majority of your children and your grandchildren. The population that is growing the most in Acadiana is what we would call the nuns. I ain't talking about a habit. I ain't talking about sister. It's the, those who are non-affiliated with any religion. Many of them call themselves spiritual kind of believe in a spirit, spiritual world, kind of believe in God, but I don't really have a name to it, but I'm not religious. Those are all the hypocritical people, right? Why would this be an obstacle? Why, how can we make sense of maybe this is not the best position to be taking, right? Well, let's kind of go through each one, right? No strings attached, right? Well, if, if there's no strings attached, to what I believe, basically, I don't want to commit to something because it, it, it keeps me away from believing other things. Well, then what it does is it sets me up to drift with whatever our culture proposes us. Religion gives us an anchor. It gives us something to believe in. So that when our culture proposes constantly what's new, what's the latest fad, what's the, the new thing to believe in, people are always changing just like um, styles are always changing, right? 
The music's always changing. Culture's always changing. Religion gives us a firm foundation. It gives us an anchor, a stability to go against the culture, especially when the culture is offering us something that is not good and not healthy for us. By saying I don't want any strings, any external commitments, basically I'm saying I'm going to drift with whatever is proposed to me, and that can be dangerous and not healthy. Open-minded. I want to be open to all truths, not one specific. Well, the problem with that is, is that one can hold loosely to things that are true and not really hold on to them at all. So if I do come across truth, if I don't cling to it, if I don't recognize it, if I don't hold on to it, if I don't follow it, and I just hold it loosely, well, then real truth that I'm supposedly seeking can be looked at on an even playing field and just a lie. And so um, I can put on the same playing field as Peterson that everyone's listening to, right? And Jesus, they're all the same. They speak really wise. If there is truth, then we would want to hold on to it. Imagine if you did this with your your spouse. Um, imagine if you just took, and some people have done this in the past, right? Be open-minded. I'm going to pledge my loyalty to my spouse. I'm going to promise to be true to them in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. But I want to be open-minded. Be open to the possibility that someone else could fit in this relationship. I don't want to commit to one person. I mean, that's just too exclusive, right? That's what someone who would be spiritual but not religious, I don't want to commit. Well, if there is truth out there, then it's worth committing to. Number three, no stigma attached to it. Well, basically, you're ultimately pleasing other people. I'm basically going to compromise reality and truth because it's easier to talk to people by saying I'm spiritual because they can't lock me into some specific religion. That's often what people do. I don't want to be boxed in. I don't want to be mm, judged. So if I say I'm spiritual, no one can really put me in a box. The thing about um, our religion is that um, the reality is if you do stand for something, I'm not going to sing the country song, right? If you do stand for something, it, it's going to give you um, a position to present, and it's going to give you a position sometimes against something else. That's why we make distinctions between truth and lies. Not everything is truth. And so it brings us to number four, no baggage. People don't want the baggage that comes with being religious. Well, the thing is, Jesus told his followers, there's baggage involved. He said, if you follow me, you will be treated like I was treated. They will reject you. They will scorn you. They will spit on you. They will scoff at you. They may actually kill you. They're going to treat you just like they treated me. But have faith. Like, to want religion without baggage is, is just really, at least from the Christian perspective, is trying to escape something that is unescapable. Number five, I'm always seeking. 
Well, if we are always seeking, always seeking the truth out there, the problem is when we do find truth, we're at a crossroads. Because if I claim the truth and I hold on to the truth, then I have to stop seeking because I found it. And that's very threatening to people who identify with I'm a seeker. Because if I find the truth, then I have to stop seeking. As Christians, as Catholics, we don't stop seeking. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But we find and have found Jesus, who is worth seeking. And he is so deep and so profound. He is always opening more and more and more to us of himself. So we seek Jesus and we seek the depth of his heart because he continues to reveal who we are and whose we are and how to understand the world. That's why we keep praying and we keep reading and we keep learning about Jesus. Number six, I embrace all spiritual leaders. And that's fine. Most all spiritual leaders say good stuff. They say often true things. But once you begin to listen to spiritual leaders, inevitably they will conflict. They will have key points that they disagree on. And you have to pick one if you're going to claim that there is truth. What we believe as Christians, as Catholics, is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that we have found the truth, that Jesus has come to reveal the truth about who we are, about how the world is made, about the beauty and intricacies of life. And actually, true religion lived out is beautiful, is holy, is healthy. But there is a bad way to live religion. And maybe you've experienced it in your family, in your friends. James talks about this in James chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. He says, if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. He's basically saying to live true religion requires something. It requires a way to live. And there is a bad way to live religion, a bad way to represent religion. And so I hate to shamelessly connect this to our mission, but why not? What's our mission? I keep forgetting it. To encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. To become a healthy missionary disciple. So when someone sees you, they see religion lived out in a healthy, holy, happy, joyful way. We can give religion a bad name. And so people can respond, our children can respond and say, I want nothing of that. I know there's a God, like I, I can't deny that there's something beyond me. I need something beyond me. And so they start to, to just drift into this world of I want to be spiritual, but I, I can't be religious because I have not seen a healthy religious person. We are called to be healthy and holy and to show people that religion is a gift. It's a way, it's a path Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
So as we just kind of look at maybe sometimes how religion is lived out unhealthily, yes, it would probably create division and wars and insurrections and famines. That's all in the scriptures. Let's at least try to personally live out our healthy way of worshiping the Lord. As Christians, we have something beautiful to offer the world. We're the most popular religion in the world. A third of the world is Christian. That means two-thirds not. Missionary disciples, healthy, holy, happy, joyful. True religion is attractive.